1: Hey, it's your host, Carter. I wanted to give you a little bit of a warning. Kids who are under the age of 13 might find some parts of our show a little bit scary, so listener discretion is advised. Now, enjoy the show.
2: Guys, come on. I want the body covered and I want the block shut down. No one walks by who ain't got business here. No one sees the body who I don't know about. The press is already here. Oh.
1: Jesus, of course. Who is it? Citizen News, the Examiner, and the Sentinel. You can bet the Times isn't far off. All right. No one from the Examiner gets close.
2: Those guys are a ceaseless pain in my ass. Detective! Hey, Detective!
3: What kind of monster does this? The monstrous kind. Hey, keep back! Oh, God, she's cut in half. Yes, we're aware. You can see the grass in between. Hey! Cover her! Now! Now!
2: And you, secure the block. I don't want any of these vultures here when the body bag comes. You got it, sir. Back to work. Double time. You get everything you can. Nothing stays here.
4: Hey, fellas, give me a quote, will ya? Do you think this is a mob hit? Yeah, Bugsy Siegel came in and did it himself, didn't he?
2: No comment. No one says anything, you got that? Now come on.
1: Welcome to Unsolved Murders, True Crime Stories. I'm Carter Roy.
5: And I'm Wendy McKenzie.
1: Today, we're concluding our investigation into one of California's most infamous unsolved murders, the Black Dahlia.
5: A young woman desperately trying to make her mark on Hollywood.
1: The mutilated body dumped and posed provocatively in an empty lot, as if inviting all of the neighborhood to come and gawk.
5: And the intrigue and mystery of this case would bring out the very worst in Los Angeles. The horrific murder and grotesque display of Elizabeth Short was only the beginning of what would blow up to become an L.A. legend. She ceased to be a person once the photos came out.
1: She was a headline, and the newspapers wasted no time trying to scrounge up any details they could on the recently bifurcated woman.
5: If you ever wanted to find the worst people alive, you didn't have to go
1: far. This is episode 12 of Unsolved Murders True Crime Stories and the final installment of The Black Dahlia. If you want to review an episode of Unsolved Murders or to hear our investigation into other cases, you can find them all on your favorite podcast directory. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also listen on our website, parcast.com, spelled P-A-R-C-A-S-T.com. A new episode currently comes out every Tuesday. Now, return with us to Los Angeles, 1947. Elizabeth Short was dead, but no one was allowing her to rest in peace. And the horror was just starting for her family back in Boston. Hello?
5: Hi,
4: may I speak to Phoebe?
1: Phoebe speaking.
4: Phoebe Short?
1: Yes, that's me.
0: May I ask who's calling?
4: Miss Short, we uh we have some wonderful news for you today.
0: Oh, I'm not really in the market for anything at the moment. Already pinching pennies as it is, thank you very much.
4: No, no, Miss Short, wait. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm actually with the Miss Muscle Beach beauty pageant, and I'm calling to let you know that your daughter Elizabeth is a winner. Oh
0: my goodness, this is the greatest news. I knew it. I knew that girl would do it. She's been trying so hard to make it out there. Yes,
4: yes, Miss Short is very exciting. Unfortunately, our judges neglected to follow up with her before she was whisked off. We're certainly in a pickle. Now, what we need from you is just whatever information you can give us on Elizabeth. It sure would save our necks, ma'am.
1: Elizabeth had obviously not won a beauty contest, but the ruse worked. And the Los Angeles Examiner reporter was able to get an excess of personal information on Elizabeth.
5: They pried everything they could out of Phoebe, and the proud mother was only too eager to share it all.
0: Is this the kind of award that, uh, oh, I don't really know how the industry works, but are there agents who see the winner there? People who can put her in movies?
4: I really can't say.
0: Well, if it's a surprise, I won't tell her. I won't spoil it.
4: Miss Short, you've been a doll, but it's time I come clean with you. I'm actually a reporter. The Los Angeles Examiner.
0: Oh, okay. Are you uh, writing up a story on Beth, then?
4: Well, see, Elizabeth did not actually win a beauty contest. I'm sorry? She was... Well, ma'am, you might want to sit down if you can.
0: Tell me what's going on right now.
4: Elizabeth was found last Wednesday. She was murdered.
0: What? No! No! Oh, my... Oh, Lord. Oh, God.
4: I thought you should know. I'm very sorry for your loss. My baby, my poor baby. I know how hard this is to hear, but we at the Examiner would like to pay for your airfare and accommodations to bring you out to LA. You could help the police with their investigation. Help them get justice for Elizabeth. I,
0: I, yes, I'll do what I can, but I, I simply can't believe it. My baby. Oh, sweetheart, I told her she should come home. I told her she would always have a place here. Oh, we'll
4: give you some time to grieve and and then be in contact about flying you here. Thank you
5: so much. The offer to fly her there was yet another sham. The newspaper purposely kept her in the dark and away from the police and other reporters so they could retain their
0: exclusive. When will I meet with the police? You said they were expecting me. Oh, you will. We'll just just give it a little more time. We don't have any more time. I
4: want to speak with them now. Uh, think a little, would you? What's going to happen if you go down to the station, huh? They're going to spend valuable time trying to calm you down. And meanwhile, the guy slips away. And then Elizabeth gets nothing. Is that what you want? Of course not. Then just cool your heels for a little longer. Who knows? They could catch him tomorrow.
5: And you'll get to see him swing. It was a truly shameful display. And none of them took the high road.
1: The Los Angeles Examiner and William Randolph Hearst's other LA paper, the Los Angeles Herald Express, sensationalized the case to sell more papers.
5: Suddenly she was wearing a tight skirt and a sheer blouse instead of the tailored suit she was actually wearing when last seen. She was portrayed as a prostitute, an adventuress who prowled Hollywood Boulevard.
1: They also made her out to be a starlet with a bit part in every Hollywood spectacle and a lesbian none of which happened to be true.
5: Even the name Black Dahlia, which has stuck to this day, was invented by newspaper reporters. They credited the nickname to one of Elizabeth's friends who worked at a drugstore, but in reality, it was the work of an imaginative copy editor.
1: Actress Veronica Lake had starred in the classic film noir The Blue Dahlia one year earlier in 1946, and it was too good an opportunity for attention-hungry newsmen to pass up.
5: Phoebe Short's shy, sweet daughter became the mysterious femme fatale who lived fast and died young. Though that perhaps was one of the kinder rumors to come out about Elizabeth.
2: I only have time for one more question, so make it good, fellas.
1: Yeah. Is it true the coroner said it was funny down there? (laughs) Hey now, enough of that. What the hell's the matter with you? Yep, you heard that right. Perhaps as a reaction to all the call-girl rumors, some papers reported that Elizabeth's reproductive system was stunted.
5: They called it infantile vagina, and she became the butt of countless jokes, no matter how often the medical examiner refuted it.
1: The murder, investigation, and coverage of the case struck a chord in a country triumphant off the heels of a bloody war, and it quickly became a sideshow. The police were desperate for any lead they could get, and they certainly got some
0: sir may i help you
1: yes i'd like to turn myself in
0: for
4: the black dahlia murder in los angeles
0: oh uh, my uh one moment please Uh, stay right there please Uh, sergeant sergeant
5: army corporal joseph dumay walked into the fort dix police station and in a few short hours became the first prime suspect of the case
1: he claimed he had been in los angeles on leave around the time the coroner estimated the murder took place and said he was off on a drinking binge with Elizabeth.
0: (laughs) Drink it down, come on. If I have any more, I'll pickle. I'm drinking you under the table, Corporal. Come, man, where's your fighting spirit?
4: Must have left it in Berlin. You were
0: in Germany? Oh, what a riot.
4: Oh, I don't know about a riot.
0: You must have so many
4: stories.
0: Tell me some.
4: None fit for a lady, I don't think.
0: I'm no shrinking violet. I've got tougher nerves than half the men in here. Come on, Joe, darling, you want to tell me, don't you? I think I need a few more drinks in me first. Yes, that's exactly what I've been recommending. Nothing got in the way of Joseph telling
5: a good story.
1: Not even the truth.
5: According to the corporal, he and Elizabeth downed many more drinks. So many, in fact, that he completely blacked out.
2: For several days. So you're telling me you don't remember anything?
5: We were in a bar.
4: Well, lots of bars. We were having a swell time, and I don't know what else happened until I woke up. In Hollywood? In New York. What? I woke up in New York. Last thing I remember, I was with her, and then I'm across the country. You're wasting my time. I'm not. Listen to me. I did it. You just said you don't remember anything.
1: But I know it. Joseph had his well-known demons and his reputation for drunkenness.
5: When I drink, I get pretty rough with women. The police were skeptical, but the newspapers weren't. They reported his confession and treated it like gospel.
1: Joseph was front-page news for days, until the police actually looked into his claims.
5: He claimed he was with Elizabeth in her last week in early January, but basic record-keeping soon discounted it. Joseph DeMay was not on leave as he had claimed, and he certainly wasn't in Los Angeles.
1: During the week of the murder, he was stationed at Fort Dix in New Jersey nearly 3,000 miles away from California.
5: The press and the police swiftly moved on from him, but Joseph would repeat his confession for years.
1: He was arrested for other offenses in the decade after the murder, and each time he would claim responsibility for Elizabeth all over again.
5: Our story will continue in a moment after the break.
1: And now back to unsolved murders.
5: Not long after Dumais' false confession... The Los Angeles Examiner received a call from an anonymous person claiming responsibility for the killing.
1: Examiner editor James Richardson recalled the eerie conversation as such. Is this the city editor? Yes.
3: What is your name, please? Richardson. Well, Mr. Richardson, I must congratulate you on what the Examiner has done in the Black Dahlia case. Thank you. You seem to have run out of material. That's right. (laughs) Maybe I can be of some assistance. We need it. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll send you some of the things she had with her when she, shall we say, disappeared.
2: What kind of things?
3: Oh, say, her address book and birth certificate and a few other things she had in her handbag.
2: When will I get them?
3: Oh, within the next day or so. See how far you can get with them. Now I must say goodbye. You may be trying to trace this call.
5: Wait a minute. The caller was exactly right. Richardson was trying to trace the call, but to no avail.
1: True to his word, a package from an unknown sender appeared at the office soon after the phone call.
5: Instead of immediately reporting the obviously suspicious box, they decided to open it.
1: Inside was a letter to the editor, made from cut-and-pasted newspaper wording.
5: You know, like the old-timey ransom notes.
1: It read, Here is the Dahlia's belongings. Letter to follow. It was postmarked from the Black Dahlia Avenger. The
5: package also contained Elizabeth's birth certificate, social security card, luggage claim slips from bus depots, and several photos of her with men in military uniforms.
1: All things the Call of Promise she had with her when she was killed.
5: It also contained the address book of her friend, Mark Hansen, who was immediately picked up as a suspect before being let go due to lack of evidence.
1: The letters poured in whenever there was a lull in the case, always cobbled together from words cut out of newspapers, always taunting the press about the crime.
5: The Los Angeles Herald Express was soon added to the Avengers mailing list.
1: I
3: will give up in the Dahlia killing if I get 10 years. Don't try to find me.
1: Both newspapers turned the letters over to the LAPD, who were unable to dust any fingerprints off anything. The paper had been soaked in gasoline, to ruin any print that could have possibly been transferred.
5: The only portions of the package that were handwritten were the mailing address and signature.
1: The police sent the handwriting off to experts and painstakingly went through the address book, calling in every name for questioning but landing definitive proof on no one.
5: The letters put them no closer to cracking the code than they were before. All told, over 60 men and women confessed to the crime. In a mixed bag of mental illness, desire for notoriety, and general attention-seeking.
1: The frustrated LAPD spun its wheels for years, unable to get a foothold in the case. However, some people believe it was an open-and-shut case. To this day, a retired LAPD detective, who later became a private investigator, believes he knows who the murderer was.
5: And by that, we mean that he actually personally knew the man he suspected as the murderer, the suspect, Dr. George Hodel.
0: Wow, George, I'm impressed. Are you sure you're just seven years old? You're not pulling my leg, are you? No! Well, you could have fooled me with how quick you learned that piece. Practice truly pays off.
1: I didn't have time to practice this week.
0: Oh, well, that's incredible.
1: In addition to George's natural artistic talent, he was a genius with an IQ of 186.
5: After working as a newspaper reporter at the young age of 16, he breezed through medical school where he trained to become a surgeon. He settled down in Los Angeles where he had been raised.
1: He ran the county's venereal disease clinic and had his fair share of interesting clientele.
4: God damn it, I'm telling you. I sit down and it hurts. I stand up and it hurts. Then I piss and it's like neither of these other things hurt at all compared to the sheer hell of this.
3: Okay, sir. I understand.
4: And remember discretion is key. I can't have this thing getting out, all right?
3: I've taken the oath, Mayor. You needn't worry.
4: Yeah, and the cops say they protect and serve. But that don't mean I haven't seen Sergeant O'Malley knocking around with Mickey Cohen.
3: I can assure you, you have nothing to worry about with
4: me. Oh, well, That's why you're the poor bastard I keep coming to after a bad night on 7th.
3: I assume you know the drill by now.
4: Yeah, yeah. You don't gotta look so pleased to stick me with that thing, Doc.
3: Deep breath.
4: Oh, sweet Jesus. I don't know which is worse.
3: Without the antibiotics, the gonorrhea could spread through your blood and inflame your heart. I would say that's much worse, Mayor. You may pull your pants back
1: up.
5: His patients weren't the only notable people Dr. Hodel broke bread with.
1: He lived in an eccentric, garish house in the middle of Los Angeles that looked like a cross between a Mayan temple and a fortress, with secret rooms the children were not allowed to enter. It's exactly as ominous as it sounds.
5: He threw flamboyant parties inviting artists and photographers like Man Ray and Hollywood stars including the likes of John Huston.
1: For all his feign glitz and worldliness, he had a dark side that started well before he ever got mixed up with the Dahlia. In
5: 1949, Dr. Hodel's teenage daughter, Tamar, accused him of sexually assaulting her.
1: She said he wanted to teach her oral sex at age 11 and her father's friends, including Man Ray, would take nude photographs of her as a child.
5: Because of his place in the Los Angeles community, his trial and the salacious details became widely publicized.
1: He ultimately was acquitted, but fled the United States the following year in 1950. He lived for 40 years abroad, only returning to the U.S. with his fourth wife in 1990.
5: He died nine years later in San Francisco of heart failure at age 96.
1: George's widow, June, was going through his belongings with the man who had come to suspect Dr. Hodel of being the murderer, his own son, Steve. I know this was always his favorite photo album. I'd always see him looking through it. He was so anal, though.
2: No touching allowed if we didn't want to whoop him. Is this baby you? Yep,
0: probably. At most, two years old there.
2: I don't remember any of this.
0: Oh, you were the cutest little thing. Look at those fat little legs. Oh, thanks. Hey, June. Yes? Who is this? I don't know. Probably someone your father knew from a long time ago. You never met her? How could I have? Look at the photo. It's ancient. Why do I know her? I'm not sure. Maybe a friend of your mother's.
2: No, Dad would have never kept it.
1: It's not my grandma. God, it's driving me crazy. It eventually dawned on Steve just who it was that he recognized in the picture. Elizabeth Short, The Black Dahlia.
5: When Steve did more investigating through the family photo albums, he found what looked like one of the many taunting letters sent to the newspapers, hidden in a sleeve.
3: Turning in Wednesday, January
1: 29th, had my fun with police, Black Dahlia venture. It was handwritten and Steve recognized it as his father's handwriting.
5: Investigating deeper, Steve went through the DA's file on The Black Dahlia.
1: In 1949, just two years after Elizabeth was killed, and the same year he was hauled in for molesting Tamar, the DA already suspected George Hodel and did their own investigation.
4: You say this is legal?
1: Well,
2: it isn't illegal. Oh,
4: Christ. Look,
2: detective, do you want to catch this guy or no?
4: I want to catch him and I want to make sure he has no way to weasel out.
2: If he's the guy we think he is,
1: there won't be any way he's getting out of this. Walter Morgan, an investigator working for the DA's office, along with police detectives, snuck into Hodel's house and planted bugs throughout the premises.
5: For the next 40 days, all of his conversations were secretly recorded. Over 18 detectives from the LAPD and the DA's office were involved in the operation.
3: Supposing I did kill the Black Dahlia. They couldn't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary anymore because she's dead.
5: Ruth Spalding, Georgia's secretary, was indeed dead. She had died of an apparent drug overdose that the police were also investigating for the suspicious circumstances.
1: But the investigation wouldn't last much longer.
4: I'm telling you, if anything, this audio tape evidence only tends to eliminate the suspect. How
2: can you say that? He sounds like a guilty man ready to go on the run.
5: The audio tapes are all gone, however and only transcripts survive.
1: Which is convenient, because during the 40 days of stakeouts and hundreds of hours of recordings, the LAPD may have witnessed George Hodel committing his second murder.
5: (laughs) The day after George's flippant observation about Ruth, a woman crying was picked up over the microphones.
1: She was trying to place a phone call, (laughs) pleading with the operator.
5: Please, please go through. The recording allegedly showed Dr. Hodel and an accomplice bringing a woman down to the basement that none of the children were ever allowed in.
1: There was digging, a scream, and then a louder scream two minutes later, and then nothing.
5: Steve Hodel believes the LAPD listened to yet another murder by his father and did not intervene.
1: The transcripts of the covert recording were instead locked away in filing for over 50 years.
5: Could the answer have been on those recordings?
1: There are certainly suspicious statements seen in the transcripts. This is the best payoff
3: I've seen between law enforcement agencies. And I'd like to get a connection made in the DA's office.
5: At the time, the LAPD had a reputation as a department for sale to the highest bidder.
1: Drunks and cronies made up a lot of the top brass, and none of them were above looking the other way so long as they were properly incentivized. The LAPD has admitted in recent years that virtually all physical evidence in the Black Dahlia case has disappeared.
5: No one claims responsibility or knowledge of what happened, but it is simply missing from the files.
1: This, combined with other theories and the fact George was able to flee the country right before the sting against him, has convinced Steve that his father had to be the murderer and his actions were covered up. Chief among these theories? The fact that his father had the medical knowledge. Tell me, doctor, looking at these pictures, could a layperson have done this to the body?
3: Absolutely not. Look at the cuts. They're clean, precise. You don't get this kind of training where you can actually invade a human body unless you've had some surgical experience.
1: This isn't some nut with a hacksaw. He spoke with Dr. Wallach, chief of surgery at St. Vincent's Hospital in New York, to confirm his theory.
5: He also believes the fact that the suspect displayed the body in such a posed way was his attempts to emulate the artwork of his friend, Man Ray.
1: Though the police never expressed it publicly, they very much were in Steve's corner all those years ago, as was the district attorney.
5: Hear comments from police officers, plus we reveal who we believe was the Black Dahlia killer right after this short break.
1: And now, back to the story.
5: Those within the investigation told their families and friends they knew who the killer was.
1: The Black Dahlia case
2: was solved. He was a doctor who lived on Franklin Avenue in
1: Hollywood. That was Chief of Detectives Thad Brown, otherwise known as the highest ranking man in the LAPD's detective class.
5: Under Sheriff James Downey had a more pessimistic view on the killer's identity.
1: The Black Dahlia case was solved, but it'll never come out. It was a doctor they all knew in Hollywood, involved in abortions. The Franklin Avenue House in recent years has become a smoking gun of sorts for the case. The Soden House, now
5: a Los Angeles historical landmark, was built in the 1920s by Frank Lloyd Wright's son, which George Hodel had bought in 1945.
1: The cement sacks that Elizabeth was found near and contained traces of her watery blood were believed to trace back to Franklin Avenue.
5: In 2014, forensic specialists brought a cadaver dog to the house to sniff around and took soil samples.
1: Around the back of the house, the dirt tested positive for human remains. (laughs) Now just a few more steps, dear.
0: Doctor, I do believe you got me drunk.
3: Oh, nonsense. You're as sober as a nun.
0: You're right. You're absolutely right. Oops. Be careful. Oh, sorry, Doc. Didn't mean to tip over your, uh, uh, pokers.
3: They're called forceps. Please, don't touch.
0: Well, you've got me home, darling. Don't you get any ideas? I'm a nice girl.
3: Yes, of course, Betty. Elizabeth. Hmm?
0: Elizabeth. Everyone calls me Betty, but my name is Elizabeth. You want to call me by my uh, proper name, don't you?
3: Certainly, Elizabeth. Not just wait here one moment.
0: It's too late at night to be this boring, Georgie. I may just retire. George!
3: Oh what a mess. I'm gonna have to bind your hands now. You absolutely must not struggle.
1: as far as steve Hodel and much of the top lapd brass were concerned elizabeth was bound tortured and mutilated at the soden house before being transported to the lot in Lamert park
5: but all of this conjecture was not enough despite what may seem like overwhelming evidence nothing was ever enough to lock him up
1: in fact over the years several professionals have come to refute steve here we have a letter from the murderer sent to the newspapers and here
2: we have Dr. Hodel's writing. They have similarities, but also striking differences. Look at the uppercase ends, which look nothing alike.
5: Both an LAPD expert and a private expert, hired by CBS News 48 hours, found the handwriting to not be from the same person.
1: And the forensic expert came to the conclusion that the woman in the picture that sparked the whole investigation was not even Elizabeth Short. In fact, she said this with 85% certainty.
5: Despite his case disappearing, Steve was convinced his father was a murderer.
0: Nothing could sway him. I'm going to write a book. Steve, please. No, you're not. June, he's gotten away with it for long enough. What about your siblings? How do you think it's going to make them feel, you dragging up all this nonsense?
1: You should wonder how they feel knowing their father was a killer. The more he uncovered, the more he believed Elizabeth was not his father's only victim. The official story is George Hodel traipsed around Europe and Asia for four decades after his acquittal, collecting and discarding brides until old age caught up with him.
5: But something about the Dahlia letters stuck out to Steve.
1: Perhaps it was the handwriting or the arrogant mocking tone of the letters. Either way, Steve became convinced his father wrote another set of letters a few hours up north in the late 1960s.
3: I like killing people. Because it's so much fun. It's more fun than killing wild game in the forest. Because man is the most dangerous
1: animal of all to kill. Oh, that's right. Steve Hodel, former LAPD detective, all-around level-headed man, believed his father kept up his murder spree as the Zodiac Killer in the San Francisco Bay Area.
5: And he wasn't the only one.
1: I feel it in my bones. You ache to know my name. And so I'll clue you in in a cipher sent to the San Francisco Chronicle in 1970. The Zodiac claimed to have written his real name in the jumble of code.
5: After many frustrating attempts to crack the code, a schoolteacher in Paris managed to find a pattern in 2015, a full 45 years after it was first passed along to the SFPD.
1: The cipher did not spell any portion of the names of the SFPD's main suspects, so they moved on.
5: The cipher on the return address on the letter, as well as a signature, did contain one name, however,
1: Hodel. Obviously, Steve's story has a few holes. By all accounts, George was overseas when the killings gripped the bay.
5: However, the California Department of Justice tested the letter regardless, and while it was not a perfect match, it yielded the following conclusion. I am unable to eliminate George Hodel as Zodiac. I would request additional samples of his lowercase handwriting. One could argue that Steve wanted his father to be guilty so badly that he threw anything and everything at the wall to see what would stick. But George was made of Teflon.
1: He was suspected in the Dahlia murder, the lipstick murders of Chicago, and the jigsaw murders in the Philippines, where he lived with June before moving back to America.
5: He walked away from all of them without an arrest though the LAPD was closing in on him in 1950 before he fled.
1: A popular theory is that Elizabeth was one of Dr. Hodel's patients, who was trusted among Los Angeles young women who found themselves in delicate situations.
5: However, the coroner confirmed that Elizabeth had never been pregnant. Feasibly, she would have never needed to see Dr. Hodel, so it's unclear how their paths would have crossed.
1: They both had a taste for the finer things in life and were drawn to famous friends, it is isn't impossible that they could have crossed paths at a party. As frustrating as it is to admit, there's simply no way of putting the pieces to that particular puzzle together.
5: For as many plausible theories Steve, the LAPD, or the newspapers bring forward, there are just as many questions. We don't know what Elizabeth did in that lost week. We know that Joseph Demay's account of a bender is false. But despite numerous people who have come forward about seeing her alive before January 15th, the police were unable to substantiate anything.
1: For as pretty as Elizabeth undeniably was, there are several women across America with black hair and dark clothing just as striking. When she left the Biltmore, she left no trace to follow.
0: (laughs) How much further?
1: We're almost there. But what about what we do know?
0: You promised me something special. I sure hope you deliver, Doctor.
5: Elizabeth had ligature marks on her wrists and ankles, suggesting she was tied up for hours, if not days.
1: I think I can keep that promise. She was completely drained of blood when Betty stumbled across her. In a small act of mercy, if you could even possibly call it that, the medical examiner determined the bisection happened after death.
0: Doctor?
5: Despite all the horror Elizabeth went through, The examiner also concluded her cause of death was relatively mundane. Blunt head trauma and shock.
3: Beautiful. Just beautiful. (laughs) You have a gorgeous smile, Betty. Just relax, sweetheart.
0: Please! Oh, please!
3: Just keep your head still. I promise.
1: It won't even hurt one bit. The woman who felt like she never truly belonged anywhere would unwillingly cement her place in Los Angeles history. And
5: though the case is no longer a daily spectacle, the Black Dahlia and her smile still wove herself into the very fabric of the entertainment boomtown. Hello,
0: Elizabeth Short reading for Julia.
1: Whenever you're ready.
0: All right, I'm ready.
1: We think the murderer was George Hodel. Tell us what you think on our Parcast Twitter page. And don't forget to subscribe to Unsolved Murders on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory.
5: Or through our website, Parcast.com. Again, that's P-A-R-C-A-S-T dot com.
1: Join the conversation on our Parcast Facebook page.
5: You can tweet us at Parcast Network, all one word.
1: We thank you for listening.
5: And we hope you'll join us again. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends.
1: New episodes come out every Tuesday. I'm Carter Roy.
5: And I'm Wendy McKenzie.
1: We'll see you next time when we open our investigation into William Goebel, the only governor ever to be assassinated while in office, and his case is still unsolved.
5: Until then, if we live till next time. Unsolved Murders True Crime Stories was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media and is part of the ParCast Network. It's produced by Ron and Max Cutler, sound designed by Ron Shapiro, and written by Samantha Gurash and Kenneth Martin. Unsolved Murders True Crime Stories stars Carter Roy and Wendy McKenzie. The amazing cast of voice actors includes, by alphabetical order, Mike Capozzi, Stephen Pinto, Gregory Polson, and Vanessa Richardson.